keep going. Hello, welcome to another episode of Keep Going. In this episode, we have a treat. We are now going to be doing a new series of episodes that will sprinkle in either every other week or every third week or something like that. We'll see. But we came to feel like getting the three of us together and going on wild goose chase conversations about 90s music or running shoes or a wide variety of other topics that we also have a lot of practical value a lot of practical knowledge that we think we can bring to you. So we're going to do a ep- series of episodes. We're not sure how many it'll go, but we're going to start with a with the concept of fundamentals or what are the key components, the foundational or fundamental elements of any running program or anything a runner or, or the key issues any runner should be thinking about, um, whether they're um, going for a personal record whether they are um, just getting out, getting in um, an easy four mile run on a consistent basis, if they're on the fast end of the spectrum or on the slower end of the spectrum. Um, the key thing is we think that these are foundational, universal concerns. So this week we're going to start with um, where else but an easy run. And we cover a good bit of ground as, um, as we are wont to do. Uh, but we keep in this pocket. We stay in the easy run pocket for the majority of the episode. Um, and we cover many different aspects of easy running. Um, we don't make this so much a comprehensive overview of all the specifics, but instead it's a little bit more of what are the basics most people need to realize and think about when they're thinking about running easy. Um, it was precipitated by an essay that John, that Michael's writing for a local publication, and he just starts out by asking us those questions. Um, and we thought, wow, this would be kind of fun to record, and then maybe consider to do continue to do um, a series of these. Um, this was suggested by a listener of ours who thought that they, while they loved hearing us conversate about um, esoteric and strange things. They also thought was a missed could be a missed opportunity if we didn't take advantage of the the wisdom in the room on these calls to um, occasionally get uh, something a little more concrete put together. So that's our attempt to do this. Hopefully you enjoy it. If you do, let us know. We know we've got a pretty decent listenership, but we don't know anything about you guys other than where you're, what a podcast app you're using or what part of the country or the world you're listening to us. And yes, we've got people from all over the world listening to this podcast. We'd love to hear from you. So if you've got ideas about what you'd like for a Fundamentals episode, or if you've got anything you'd like us to talk about, let us know. Um, you can reach out to me, Sisson, S-I-S-S-O-N, at telos, T-E-L-O-S, running com would love to hear from you um, one last thing um, we are this is the first episode that we have cut the week that we put it out okay well actually we record on Thursdays and it goes out on Monday or Tuesday so we recorded last Thursday and it went out on Monday 
So it went on, it's going on on Tuesday this week. So just so you know, we're no longer, um, we're going to save some of those older episodes that we have um, as, as um, options for if one of us is out of town or if somebody gets sick and we have a gap in a week. But from here on out, you'll be getting episodes that are timely, that are conversations we've had this week, and you don't have to wait um, two months from when we first produced them. So hope you guys enjoy this episode. We call... Fundamentals, the easy run. Godspeed. I know what kind of guy you are. That's for our personal consumption. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I have this. um... Well, we got a new series here. We're testing a new series out. Yeah. Fundamentals. Like, and we're going to come to you with uh, the easy run. So start us out, Michael. Well, I... I was writing an article, and uh, the article was entitled um, The Art of the Easy Run, and it got me thinking. Um, uh, The full title was Going the Distance, The Art of the Easy Run. And essentially, in my line of work, I run into a lot of folks who are, as in my line of work, is building a brand, a running brand, a running shoe purveyor, um, you know, our designer. Um, I meet a lot of people who are interested in running. I love purveyor. Yeah. It's such a classic. I was a sausage purveyor. Now I'm a running shoe purveyor. purveyor. So there you have it. Here's the deal. I, more often than not, I get the privilege to meet new enthusiasts of the running culture. What do they do? Sometimes they sign up for races to get inspired, but we all know that, you know, um, most people get into running to try something new, lose weight, become healthy, you know, meet new people, have a sense of community. And included in there is go and get kick-ass times and, and doing some great stuff. But it's, it's everything. It's the whole gamut. And I also have the privilege of three days a week having a run club run, you know, on Town Lake Trail here in Austin, Texas. And it's fabulous. And we like to go easy. Some people call it party pace. Some people call it uh, the easy run. It's on every major training plan. It's on every coach's, you know, prescription list. It's on every, you know, social media's, hey, try this out, run easy, go fast, go slow to go fast, all this kind of stuff. So I thought it'd be a fun way to get a take on this and uh, get the brass tacks on what an easy run is and see if we can kind of thread that needle because from what I experience also said easy run oftentimes means just a little bit less than all you got. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And, and sometimes when, so where, where's the, where's the, what's the saying? Where's the buck stop with the easy run? I would love to get two uh, coaches opinions on this. So I, I have a, like, a, a couple weeks or whenever the last time we met, we met, we talked about an easy run and um, you said something about zone two and I, and I was agreed, but I didn't know what it meant. And so I had to go look up and so I, heart rate zones and all this kind of stuff. And so that got me thinking about the fundamentals of, you know, some people say, Oh, you got to be in zone two. Some people say I need to be at whatever conversational pace. Yeah. And to me, that's what it is. If it's conversational, like we're having now, you should be able to like not have to hold your breath to catch a breath, anything like that. 
you should just be chill. And we look at the easy run, I think we look at it in reverse in our weekly schedule. Like we think of the workouts and the long run first. And re, but what, 75 to 85% of your running is easy. So I think it's the most important because it's, it is the so foundation. So the aperture for, priority, yeah, essentially, it, yeah. or, or wait, the, the priority, like, like, how do you look at it? Do you, do you look at, is, is the easy run is the, is the, like, is the foundation well, or is it, it supplementary? No, the, the easy run, like, comes first. Right on. Right? You, you don't get to do workouts until you're structurally and aerobically ready to do them. You know what I mean? Um, and that's it. So when I put that in my little notes thing in my phone, it's conversational. That's it. You know, you left your heart rate monitor at home or it's in the hotel or whatever. How do you know what it is? Talk to yourself the whole time mm-hmm. or whatever. And that's it. It's conversational. You know, and then from there you go, well, this person is really fit and might make the Olympic trials. And so one day or two days a week, an easy run is a mild progression, right? So it starts off that way in the last quarter of it. Maybe it gets a little faster, but it's all, I mean, the workouts and the long runs and all that stuff should be talked about way after you get your easy run nailed. That's Coach John saying that that's yeah. the easy run priority. I like that. Uh, like how many times as a coach have you told someone you need to slow this down on an easy day? Because they're <laughs> they're running 95% of their marathon pace every day. And you're like, you can't even get that. You've got to get this right because your workouts mean absolutely nothing until you get this right. Yeah. Um, to answer your question every week. <laughs> every day yeah um so i think one of the things that i've found is because i've been banging on this drum recently with the people that i coach is i find that they're running a lot of their their runs easy runs too fast um it's easy in a group when you run in a group of people to kind of and and a lot of people get fit that way it's a pretty good way to get fit but you can't be doing quality work um and doing hard easy runs and expect to get through um, so let's talk up to uh, this. So I think there's two levels of conversation here. There's to the person who's just kind of getting started. And to that person, I would say, um, that's one of our, that's one of the people that might be consuming this. Um, the other group is people who train pretty consistently. Right. And what John just said is true for those people, for the beginner runner, it's also true. And let me tell, this is what, this is what I've realized. People don't know it goes against everything in our culture. It goes against everything, and not just running culture, but right. um, but late capitalism, late Western capitalism, right. that something easy could be good for you. Right. That there's some kind of um, problem with that. But what I like to tell people is, if you don't, two things that are valuable for running easy. For the first group, those who are not training, is this the only way to develop the mitochondrial base and density that's necessary for getting fitter. Right. Running faster, when you run beyond a certain limit, and most of us know when we feel it, we start to get a little raggedy breath, start to feel like you're working, or you can't do it for more than five minutes without it starting to be problematic, you're no longer getting the benefit 
you're not getting the foundational elements that are necessary for effective and efficient running. Right. Those only happen when you're running easy pace. Right. Or easy effort. Yeah. Conversational. And they, when people realize that, it's like you, you, you are, or another way to say that is if you think about the old standard that people have talked about with the pyramid, right. you do your base and then you go faster. That pyramid, the, the size of your, when you're going easy running, that running is guilt, building this big base. And as soon as you move into a pace that's beyond that, you're, or after that's beyond that, you're cutting away at the essential elements that are necessary for forward progress and getting better. Right. That helps people a little bit because I think they wonder why is this beneficial? It doesn't hurt. So why is it good? It's good because it's doing something that can't be done in any other way. So for the fast group of people, um, the way I state that is they were doing lots of long runs where they're going faster and faster and faster. I started implementing duration-based long runs. Yeah. They didn't make any difference. It was 20, it's not a 20 miler now. It's two and a half hours. Yeah. Well, why don't I just do 20 miles? Because you're going to average your pace per mile and you're going to think about it and it's going to matter and you're going to start creeping and you're going to get a little bit too fast. You're going to go right. too quick. So it's like, and you're missing the most essential part, which is to develop the mitochondrial bed to be able to have this big giant base. And if you're not doing that now, the other, the other thing is, is for those, that group of people who are running fat, who are training, the other benefit of easy running is recovery. That the only way that you can absorb the work Right. That's done at fast paces is to have easy runs that allow you to recuperate and recover because the easy running, that aerobic flush helps you get fitter. Okay. Yeah. This is what people don't understand. The easy run, without the easy run, you don't get fitter. Now you could just sit there, but people aren't going to just sit there. So, but if you go back out and you start pushing again, you're not going to get fitter. You're going to start, you're going to keep cutting away at the base that you're trying to build. So, for my, I've been working on this for a while with the people that I, that I coach because I think that there's a problem. I think there's a long-term cultural issue that comes up for all these people that went, did high school athletics. No, no pain, no gain. If it right. doesn't hurt, it's not worth it. And Go easy, one more. Yeah, easy running <laughs> is the most fundamental essential that there can be to getting prepared, to being a runner of any stripe. Um, and it you will... Without it, you're bankrupt. Yeah. It's, I have I, two I have a couple questions for you, actually. Um, in my personal opinion, there's some psychological stuff that, that happens in the easy run. Um, so, first of all, that's a whole other piece we can probably talk about later. But if you run too easy, too long, is anything at risk? Only if you are preparing for a specific event. So I have had it for people who have run a marathon and they do all their easy runs way too slow because they've heard that going slow is better. And then they don't doing any space pace. So for marathoners, potentially it could be, but for every other group, I would say if you've got an easy run on the schedule, you can't go too slow. That's my point. What do you think, John? Well, I, I don't give any parameters like that. I think it's more, like air on the side of caution. You know what I mean? All you know, everything um, has to be, all the efforts have to be based on what that athlete has that day. 
and right now we're speaking on athletes who train, right? Mm -hmm. So if when they start preparing for the marathon, they're fit enough to start preparing for the marathon, to legitimately fit enough, then I think having days that are a little quicker here and there can actually be really beneficial you know, they to kind of put the other end of the spectrum to well, it the, just, the it, it's almost like the extremes. It kind it um it, it doesn't even have to be like a moderate tempo run kind of thing. But like if you're having a good day and the last 15 minutes you know you're I'm really clicking along, that's probably not gonna have any detriment to your training because you feel really good and you're only doing it for a few minutes and you're not hauling ass. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You're pre- maybe not even at marathon pace but you just feel really good. So those think kind of things I think are okay. Um, in the marathon, when people are trying to run a specific time, it's also important to develop a rhythm within the range of the marathon pace, right? So if all of your easy runs are like 60%, you're further away from that marathon rhythm. You know, 70% is closer and you're still recovering completely. You know what I mean? So I think, but for beginners and people who are new and maybe going to do their first, I think as slow as you need to go to get from A to B. That's so interesting. So definitely we could break this into two, the beginner's guide to easy running and a guide to easy running during training. Yeah. Gen- generally speaking. Yeah. And ag- again, I, these are like, when I say there were times when I would even sort of schedule in like a moderate progression. And I don't know if I would do that now because the group, I mean, that was a real specific group of people. And like, you know, there were 10 guys who averaged in the two thirties and two forties. And so that's a, that's a pretty specific group of people but and that group of people they have the load already from years and years of work that have created the opportunity for that and i think you know that's another fundamentals is what does it mean to be fit enough to train right we should do an episode on that for sure but coming back to the the one challenge that i feel with your assessment there john um and i'm not challenging the wisdom of it because it makes perfect sense and i agree with you 100 percent. what i'm worried is what people are going to hear that's right. what it, that I kind of went there too because it's like you can throttle it in the middle. And right. my second follow up question was: as an athlete, always trying to thread that easy run needle because it always feels too slow psychologically. And I'm always right. wanting, I, I desire my easy runs to be faster. Right. But that's not always my right. reality. So right. sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. So where I get really obsessed about thinking about the easy run is: was it philosophically good enough was my easy run easy enough you see what i'm saying like this feedback loop that i'm in that's kind of like i ran easy was it too easy or was i in the middle is there any downside to being in the middle you're like you're taking that one easy day out of the calendar Mm -hmm. what if what is 80 percent of 365 right like probably think probably about 250, 250 I mean, 270 250 yeah. easy i'm gonna go days. with 302 <laughs> so it's 250 easy days right right <laughs> so that that is what you're thinking about 
It's like a great way to phrase building it. the foundation is like you're all you know you're always building the foundation even when you're in specific work because that is going to you know next year at this time you're going to have that in you so everything is from that perspective everything is base training that's why the easy run ha you know, like you know it as mar as marathoning has become like more of an, a, a global event even the half marathon and half marathon you like it, now that we see the you know workouts now are like 15k long mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know if you want to yeah if you want if you want to run yeah for if, sure if you want to run 202 every workout you do is 15k long minimum and it used to be 15k was your long tempo or if, you know what i mean like back when like thinking like 80s i remember you know, you don't need to do a tempo longer than X or whatever when all the lab guys were in it. And I think everybody just focuses on workouts. And I, I would rather see like six months of, you know, bang, workout, bang, workout, bang, workout, than all than lots of bigger workouts. Because then I think it makes... Like you have to extend the number of days between workouts. You know, like someone who's running 70 miles a week and if like, and they look at the internet like Elliot Kipchoge did 15 by a K, but he didn't do them fast, but he did 15 by a K, so I'm going to do that. And if someone running 70 miles a week goes out and runs 15 by a K, even if it's at half marathon effort, that is that's a big effort for them unless they've got you know 15 years of running it's so interesting you bring that up because it's that's why people drift to a 10-day cycle yeah so they've got enough easy days to yeah. go in between those things and when a seven-day cycle doesn't really fit it doesn't give you the room it doesn't give you the room to do it so again that for folks that are listening that are thinking through what we're talking about what we're saying is the only way to benefit from that 15 times a K, if you even can, right? Because you're saying it's a big right. session, would be that you have more easy days in there than right. your schedule might provide. Right. So if you're going to do the 15 times a K, you get the benefit of, instead of doing 10K on one day and 5K another day, you get greater benefit from doing it a little slower and doing 15K. But you need to recover from that. Right. And the only way to recover, this goes back to my point, the only way to recover is to yep. run easy. Yep. Can, you, can you pack that on? Like, could you run easy to... Can you go do that workout and then that night? Oh, this is what doubling, this is the magic of doubling. Okay. This is That's why what I I'm wondering, like, can you so get enough of the easy run? Um, you, you know, you do need to be careful about load again. So you always need to be thinking what's the athlete's load and you can't load. This 10% rule is super dumb. I don't like it. It's the, 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 the conventional wisdom of 10% is, is that no, no, not every week, but till you get to your mop, till you get to your max. Mm. You can move quicker, more quickly or more slowly depending on what's necessary. I don't like rules like that because the thing is, is you should be able to just listen, like John said, you should be able to listen to your body and let it do it. What I like to do is bump up, then I make people hold, then I bump up, then I make people hold, then mm -hmm. I make people bump people up and then I make them hold. But now there's another thing that you talked about there. This is really important because this is how I now think about easy running. Two ways I talk to my athletes about it is number one, this is where the benefit happens. This is where the magic happens in running, not out on the track, not out on the hard run, but in the recovery runs is where all the magic is happening. That shakes them up a little bit. And there's science for that. Like I said, you get, yeah. but the other piece is you just noted, but it's boring. 
or I feel like I'm not getting enough out of it, or did I maximize my easy run? I have another little problem. I've ta- I think I've talked about this on our podcast because I know you guys were like, whoa, nose breathing. Mm-hmm. When you decide that you really want to run easy, what I suggest is you practice nose breathing. It, when you nose breathe, you cannot run too fast. And most people can't nose breathe because it freaks them out. It takes a while. There's a, there's a progression. Yeah. There's a way to do it. You always start too fast. You're like, oh. That's oh. what it shows yeah. you. You start too fast. Yeah. So then you slough. And there is another thing that happens when you nose breathe is that you immediately, your body, your nervous system starts to sense that there's a real problem and it wants you to get the oxygen. But if you can calm, if you can kind of just let right. yourself calm down. So you slow down enough to calm down, then you can start getting faster. And I always tell people when you nose breathe, your easy run can actually be faster then it might have been otherwise because you're guaranteed it's appropriate for your body's at in a fatigue perspective. I used to do that in triathlon on the bike all the time. Try it on the run. Yeah. It's really hard, but it gives you a little problem to work with and it gives your mind something. And if you can think that nose breathing will make me fitter and better and stronger, then you've got something you can play with that might really change the way it works. I will put a caveat here. This is the big disclaimer. It's very hard to nose breathe. I have been working on this with athletes for a long time. Most people quit nose breathing too soon and too early because it freaks them out. And it makes their nervous system feel really fritzy and really off when they do it. But if you stick with it and you believe it and you trust it, that's why I do it with my athletes who trust me. I'm like, keep doing it, keep doing it. When it takes, it's a game changer, total game changer. And you then have a way of determining what's appropriate for you in any given moment. And the crazy thing is you get faster and faster and faster on your easy runs, but you're doing it in a way that's able to be regulated by your, by your heart, by your gut, by your nervous system, by the most important and essential parts of the puzzle that make us into the things that we are as athletes. For the listeners out there, do you suppose that any of the Phil Maffetun stuff is a nice entry in? Is it a supplement or should they just kind of like, how do you, how do y'all feel about the, the Maffetun using the heart rate as kind you know, of a metric? The, anytime you have a heart rate formula, I'm automatically a little bit skeptical, okay. but his, I think his principles are fundamentally sound. Although I have heard and read from people who like did extensive mafetone stuff that really like if you're going to use it to sort of reset your system, which I think a lot of people, that's how a lot of people find it when they're, they're just, their bodies are just burnt out from overtraining or whatever. Um, Because you're moving so slowly compared to what you've been used to, you really have to do a lot more like neuromuscular work during it, like strides, you know, John, you and I are, we've learned so much over the years. Like there are so many people that I'm, I was, I love Maffetone. Yeah. I love the Maffetone method, but no one can do the Maffetone method because it's too hard to do because it goes against human nature. (laughs) I've done it and I have, I have psychologically taken a, 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 paying a penance on my psychological profile <laughs> just because I'm the guy out there that's on the trail letting, you know, parents with strollers pass me yeah. up and it's become a little bit kind of 
fucked up to be like, I'm I'm training for, a, you know, a sub ten hour Ironman is what I was doing, and I was like, and I didn't get it, but I was close. But um, the pop, the it, problem. So this is where I got in an argument with a Maftone person. This I actually, love this conversation. This actually happened on uh, on one of the Running Rogue podcasts. I can highlight to people where it is if they want to know. The wonderful Mallory Brooks, who I have deep respect for, I really, really love her a lot. She was doing the Maffetone method and was really strict with it. And, you know, that way that she likes to do it, as anybody, when you're learning a new system, you want to be really faithful to the system. And she's like, and I walked up hills and I did all this. And yeah. I just was like, that's not going to fucking work. It might, That's the problem with the Maffetone method is that to do it right, do it all the way is so outside the scope of what humans do that I think it's not right. To do it. What I say is keep it as easy as you possibly can for as long as you possibly can. And that's why I use nose breathing because guess what? You have to slow down up the hill. Hmm. Nose breathe and you, I do it. It's really hard. You get anaerobic, but you're safe if you nose breathe. Anyway, that's a big one change thing for I, me. But one thing, the one thing I said to her over and over again, John, was like, if you are not doing strides or some really aggressive biomechanical fast running, you're going to be in big trouble because you've now let those go dormant. Those critical, right. crucial muscles went dormant. Because right. a lot of the Maffetone stuff is like, it's not 30 days. No. It's, it's like 60, 90 days that he's asking people to go. Sometimes 120 yeah. days. I was doing it for, for years looking oh, yeah, for you, benefits. You're, 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 you're going to get benefit. You're going to get this big mitochondrial boost. You're going to have this huge I felt like engine. a freight train. Yeah, but you But I no wasn't wheels. getting, I wasn't like performing at the level that I wanted to perform it. I was like, I kind of like psychologically, I was like, I'll qualify for Kona when I'm about 50. My problem. I was literally okay with that. <laughs> and I thought that that was because I had, I lost faith in kind of the idea that I could go out and do the speed work healthy yeah. and I get fatigued. Well, it, so it's this has like been really Steve said what you don't use, you lose. And Maffetone will make you strong as a horse. But so I was just like, why do you have to do it so strictly that you can't do strides after or you can't do speed work after? And she's like, well, it's not in the plan. And I respected that yeah. because it was 100% respect to the program. And I was just like, well, I would never do it. I would never schedule that. And I do a lot of Maffetone stuff. I've been right. hugely influenced by Maffetone, but I don't do strict Maffetone, just like I don't do strict Veal, just like I don't do strict Lydiard, yeah. just like I don't do strict, well, like that's you create your own plan. Once you, once you get a grasp on the principles you understand that the strictness is, I don't want to say it's theater, but it is. It, it's almost like you have to set these boundaries because if someone's reading a book and you say, you know, just go easy conversational, they can't, they need, like people need boundaries, right? Sure. So like my thing is conversational, but a lot of people are like, what if there's nobody around? They're always looking for a reason yeah, you we know got I mean? a tool for that now. It's a nasal breathing, John. <laughs> yeah. I, also, I, had to, I had to do nose breathing after the heart disease thing yeah. when I was, wasn't was supposed to run, but I'd like go out and I'd walk mm -hmm. and then I'd like start to run. I'm going to run, but I'm not going to open my mouth. Yeah. yeah. And I, so I just like, this is what I'm going to do because I had to run. Yeah. Anybody who wants to know the benefits of nose breathing and why it's essential, read, um, James Nestor's book, Breathe. It's a, it's a great read. It will blow your mind. Um, one last thing I want to bring up, because I know we've got to kind of tie it up here, is the idea of running easy. 
Um, there's a way I used to say this back in the day, and I've moved away from it, but I'm kind of coming back to it these days, is I used to say, what's easy? And I'd be like, easy is as easy does. And people are like, I don't know what you mean. I mean, did it stay easy? Yeah. Was it easy? And and people like, and then you got people cranking and getting going. It feels easy. It feels easy. But is it easy? Right. Relative to their hard. is it, But it's the thing is what's easy in a vacuum versus relative right. to their hardest effort. Exactly. That's what so I that's use. what I'm trying to, so it depends. You can look at it through two different lenses is what I'm kind yeah, of Yeah, I would agree. And the, the other thing I don't like about the Maftone method is it's heart rate based. And again, you just, you guys have heard me say this before. I'm just against anything that's mediating your experience, your inner direct experience of your body doing a thing. And when you're looking at a watch and you're constantly checking your watch, you're no longer doing the thing. All right. You're now playing a video game and you're now operating in a theater. You're at, it's theater. Right. You're checking, 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 checking. Where's the joy? Where's the pleasure? Where's the, where's, where's the growth? Well, where's I, that, the learning going on? I love it. Yeah. Dude, these are the notes I've been taking for a lot, like... I'm convinced now that if someone did effort-based training, and of course you have to put some pace parameters, but if it was completely effort-based, no GPS, the only watch was held by a coach, I think you can have someone run so much faster. I 100% agree. Because there are no barriers. The rate of perceived effort, yeah. yeah. Also, also long-term progression speeds up. Yep. The long-term progression for the athlete speeds up because they're going to be required to gain an internal barometer yep. that's priceless. Yeah. And this is one of the reasons why I think in the 70s, we saw the 70s and 80s, we had the greatest American distance runners that we've ever really had. I mean, it's getting pretty good now, but right. in the marathon, not so much. Right. Because these guys were running 100, 120, 140 mile weeks, but they were doing lots and lots of stuff where they didn't know the distance they were running. Right. They were running an hour hard. They were doing a 20 miler, but they didn't know if it was a real 20 miler. They got out on their bike or on their in their car to drive it afterwards to figure out what they were doing. It wasn't mediated by all the data and all the right. infrastructure, the stuff that we yep. have. So I, I, I agree on that a hundred percent and it's, um, you know, and I, I think people are looking for, um, I don't know what they are like pinpoints where you can say, how do I know this was easy? Because they're, they're out of tune with their body, right? Well, when you finish the run, do you have to put your hands on your head or on your hips or do you have to bend over? Catch your breath. You yes. should. You should end easy. You should. I, the, my the, thing is. Here's the essence, and that is, if it starts easy, it's got to end easy. Yeah. And you, yeah. when you, you know, when I used to run from the house, when I walked in the front door and had to be like ready to start making breakfast in about two minutes, I didn't have time to sit. And that's what it's got to be. You have. You should almost be able to walk into whatever you're doing, maybe change clothes, and be okay. Okay. You know what I mean. Did we answer your questions? I think so. I yeah, mean, well, I to, to me, it's there's a lot there. I because I I'd like to revisit this sometime and and drill down on the two different subsets of. Um, I really get interested on how to talk to invite people into running culture and explain to them what an easy run is. Uh, and I also like to I'd like to explore the boundary between uh, beginner and kind of like consistent training versus um, 
periodization training and what that looks like in there, uh, marathon cycle, half marathon cycle, stuff like that. I mean, it just, it, to me, there, it seems so simple and I'd love to find a way to simplify it, but I don't know if we will. I think it's a good pursuit. Yeah, I agree. And I think that that, you know, this, as we were saying before we started recording, one of the things we're hoping to do with this podcast is to continue to have the far ranging wide uh, topics, esoteric, <laughs> esoteric <laughs> conversations, but we also want to bring to folks um, some of our hard earned and hard earned um, lessons that we've gained. Um, John and I, from a coaching perspective, and Michael from an athletic perspective, because we really do think this shit matters. Like at and the at the at a fundamental level, this really matters. I agree completely, and I'm dealing. I'm personally going through it right now. I'm trying to understand my my easy run philosophy and kind of getting some boundaries and, and goal lines on that. Yeah. Cool guys. That's cool. I like that. It's that fun. Was fun. <laughs> that was fun. 